0: This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church in Lubbock, Texas. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Well, as our ushers are receiving that, uh, just one other thing. If you would like to play golf, we're doing that on Monday evenings. That's just a fun thing to do to bring some fellowship. Also, I'm going to introduce some people here tonight that I didn't even know they were going to be in here, but it really blesses me to see them. A lot of you probably don't even know who this is. Pastor Keith, you and Jamie, stand up. I'm really going to embarrass you guys. <laughs> this, this, yeah. This is our, yeah. These are ones that, man, they've been in our children's ministry forever, and you don't get to see them in here very often because you know why? They're up there blessing your children, and so, man, after it's over, give them a high five. I'm glad to see them in here. I told them the other day that's my goal for them to be in here more and more. You know, you, you're around kids all day long, you go crazy in a good way. And so man, I said, you need to get in here and get around me, I'll straighten you out. No, I'm just kidding. Go with me to Proverbs chapter 6. We're going to begin in Proverbs 6 tonight. Now we've been talking about the Word of God, we've jumped over into getting the Word into our mouth. And so as you're turning to Proverbs 6, and then I'm going to go to Proverbs 12, just to give you a heads up on two scriptures real quick. In Hebrews eleven six, 6, it says without faith it's impossible to please God. The message says it's impossible to please God apart from faith. So without faith it's impossible to please God. Where does faith come from? Faith comes from the Word of God. So I've got to start to learn to live by the Word of God. So if, if faith moves God, what do you think faith-filled words do? I believe faith-filled words really, really get God's attention. God's not moved by my circumstances or your circumstances. God's not moved by my problems. If he was, he would already be moving. You go over and over the Bible, and you'll see what gets God's attention. Faith. Many times in the Bible, you'll see Jesus or hear Jesus say this, Daughter, thy faith has made you well. Where's that? That's Mark 5, the woman with the issue of blood. She gets healed, and Jesus looks at her and says, Darling, your faith made you well. What did he say to the centurion in Matthew 8? He said, I haven't found such great faith in all of Israel. He didn't say, I had not found such great IQs. I haven't found such great... He said, faith. So once again, this is why we're teaching this, and I believe it's very appropriate for the time we're living in and for each one of us. I don't need you to raise your hand, but I want you to think, how many of you are in need of a move of God in your life right now? It'd be unanimous. You know what that tells me? I got to get faith in that area, okay? How do I get faith? Once again, just reviewing a little here, I go to the Word of God. And then I begin to agree with the Word of God. How do I agree with the Word of God? I begin to say what God says. I thank you, Father God. According to Philippians 4, 13, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. And anytime an opportunity arises and something within you says, it's not working, it's not working, it's, you know what you say? Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. I can do all things through Christ Jesus because according to Isaiah 54, the Word of God shall not return void. Now, the issue becomes, how long? Well, I don't answer that question. All I can tell you is stay with it and stay with it. Speak the word, speak the word, speak the word, speak the word. Speak the word over your life. Speak the word over your children. Speak the word over your marriage and keep speaking. Keep speaking. Now, here we go. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 2. And in here, there's two words that really jumped out to me. You are snared, that's the first one, by the words of your mouth. And you are taken, the second one, by the words of your mouth. Now the word snare there means you can be trapped by it. So it's interesting here that he tells me that my words and your words can trap us or take us. Interesting, isn't it? And so I got to start watching and become very conscientious of the words that I allow to come out of my mouth. Now, for years in my life, guys, man, I was, I was like having a, a semi-automatic weapon. Man, my mouth, I was armed and dangerous. Man, I just say without thinking. How many of you have ever been there, I man? You speak speaking after you speak, you think, golly, I got a verse for you tonight. Put this on your heart. James one nineteen says, "Be swift to hear and slow to speak." Boy, that's a novel idea. Isn't it? Father God, help me to be swift to hear and slow to speak. And man, God's working on me in that. There's times, and, and this is just how God will deal with me, because I can be very stubborn at times. I can hear God say this to me. You need to shut up. Yes, Father God. And if your kids are in here, I wouldn't. I've been scolded by my staff all week for saying shut up. So I don't, you know, I don't, don't take offense to of that. Chapter 12, Proverbs, Proverbs 12. Verse number 6, the words of the wicked are lie in wait for blood. The words of the wicked are lie in wait for the blood. So he's telling me here, the wicked will voice what they're going to do. Interesting. Look at the next part of that. But the mouth of the upright will deliver them or save them. The mouth of the upright has the ability to deliver me or save me. Now, once again, this is just agreeing with Proverbs 18, 21. It says, death and life are in the power of my tongue and your tongue. Same chapter. Look with me in verse 14. A man will be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth. A man will be satisfied by the words of his mouth. Now, if it says a man will be satisfied by the words of his mouth, and I don't like to look at it from the negative, but I'm going to. So if a man satisfied the words of his mouth, a man can also be dissatisfied by the words of his mouth. Ow. Kind of hurts, doesn't it? He goes on to say, and the recompense of a man's hands will be rendered to him. Same chapter, verse 18. There is one who speaks like the piercing of a sword. Now This one's really stout, okay? There's one who speaks like the piercing of a sword. So he's telling me here that my mouth can literally, literally be like jabbing a sword into me. The message says, You can cut yourself or maim yourself. How? Just by the words of my mouth and your mouth. And he ends in verse 18 and says, But the tongue of the wise promotes health. But the tongue of the wise promotes health. I said this a minute ago and I'm going to repeat it again. I don't like to go from the negative, but I'm going to. If the tongue of the wise promotes health, then my tongue can also promote sickness. Wow. Now just that nugget there alone, it tells me that the words that I say out of my mouth have the ability for me to walk in faith or to walk in sickness. So really we can go back to Proverbs 18, 21. That's death in life or in the power of the tongue. Whether it's sickness or health, my words either imprison me or they free me. Now, you may say, man, this is nuts. Read the Proverbs over and over. It's incredible how much is in the Proverbs on just your tongue and my tongue. Now, go with me back in the New Testament to Matthew chapter 12. Matthew 12. So what do I got to do? I got to find out what the Word says. And then I got to start agreeing with the Word, what it says. And you know what? You can believe the Bible all day long. You can look at people and say, I believe the Word, I believe the Word, I believe the Word. But if you don't learn to control your tongue, your words will affect the Bible even. It will cause the Word of God to become ineffective in your life. See, I can say, or I, I can think, I believe the word, I, but my words will really prove what's really in my heart every single time. Now, we go to Matthew 12, and we've been here before, and I'm just going to go back here and go a little bit deeper because, man, there are some great nuggets in this. So we're going to start in Matthew 12, verse 33 through 37. Let's begin in verse 33. Either make the tree good, and its fruit will be good, or else make the tree bad, and its fruit will be bad. For a tree will be known by its fruit, or a tree will be recognized by its fruit. So if you've got a good tree, its fruit's going to be good. If you've got a bad tree, its fruit's going to be bad. Verse 34. Brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what I put into my heart is ultimately going to come out of my mouth. And we used the analogy a few weeks ago. The the only thing that will come out of a computer is what's programmed in it. Well, we can be very similar to a computer. And so you put garbage in, you're going to cook garbage out. You put the Word of God in, you're going to get the Word of God out. And so ultimately it comes down to this. What am I feeding my spirit man or my heart with? Do I feed it with the Word of God on a daily basis, or do I just do it when it's convenient? Now, I said this last week. We feed our our natural man three hot meals a day, and we feed our our spirit man one cold snack a week. Guys, I won't cut it, okay? So if I'm only feeding my spirit man on Sunday morning, boy, I'm going to tell you what's coming out of your heart. All those things you're watching on TV, all the things that I'm entertaining my mind throughout the week, ultimately is going to jump out of you. So the key is here, get in the Word. Now, in this passage here, Jesus talks specifically about two things. My heart and my mouth. And that's how he begins. Now, in verse 35, he's going to jump to our heart. Look at this. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth good things. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil things. Now, look how it was determined whether it was a a good man or an evil man. I want you to see this. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart. So it's the things that I allow to get in my heart. But here's the big question. Who's responsible for what gets in my heart? I am. It becomes my choice what I allow to get into my heart. And this is what Jesus is telling us. you got to be careful what you allow to get in your heart. Whether that's television whether that is reading stuff that goes totally against the Word of God. Remember this just with what he's telling us. We are feeding our spirits constantly through the day. We're feeding them over and over and over and over. And so be very careful. And I'm telling you, one of the biggest things the Lord had me to do was what I allowed myself to watch on TV. And don't let your kids watch scary movies, okay? You say, well, they're... they're, they're harmless. They're not harmless, okay? You put that junk in your kids, and a lot of times, if you have me pray for your kids and I'm not against doing that, I'll ask you, what are you allowing them to watch on TV? Because so much stuff comes right through your eyes. And you allow them to see that stuff, I'm telling you, the devil will oblige you. If you like to be scared, he'll, he'll scare the HE toothpicks out of you. He'll, he'll oblige you. He'll do that. And so be very careful even in these areas. I'm not saying you can't watch any TV. I'm not saying that. But just ask the Lord to help you, okay? So we see this right here. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil things. So when I talk about this being a choice, what I allow in my heart, every sacrifice is based on preference. Every sacrifice. Keep that in your thought right there. Verse 36. But I say to you, for every idle word men may speak, they will give an account of it in the day of judgment. Now the word idle word there means useless or non-working. And when Jesus says this, this this is so significant with the words that come out of our mouth that we'll give an account for every useless word we speak. So he's telling me here the significance of my words, but also the power of my words here. Now my words, guys, can either elevate me to a new area, or they can take me down to a bad area where I don't want to go. And if I don't watch the words, out of, I'll miss the mark in life. So Jesus has given us insight. He's gone from the heart, now he goes to the mouth. And look how he ends in verse 37. For by your words. Now once again, the only person that's responsible for the words that come out of my mouth is me again. So he's telling me, for by your words, you will be justified. And by your words, you will be condemned. So my words are either justifying or my words are either condemning me. Every one of us in this room. And so when I look at what he's saying, your words will either work for you. Or your words will work against you. Over and over in the Bible, you see this. Now, if you ever want to study someone's words, that was incredible was Jesus. Jesus always spoke the desired result. When I look at Jesus every time, Jesus never spoke the problem. Let me give you some illustrations. Remember, we're in there on the lake. And the storms are kicking up, and it's bad. And the disciples wake up and say, Lord, we're about to perish. Jesus didn't say, well, that's just tacular, boys. Get the life jackets out. No, you know what he said? He said, peace, be still. Think about that. Now, remember when he sees Lazarus? Lazarus has been dead for four days. He stinketh. And when Jesus sees him, Jesus doesn't say, get me a mask on. You know you know what Jesus says? Lazarus, come forth. When Jesus cast the devil out of the people, he would speak to them the desired result. He said, you will not torment him any longer. So this is where I begin to look at even my own life, that I, I don't desire bad things to happen in my life, so why do I speak them? We don't desire sickness and disease, or at least I hope we don't. So why do we speak them? We don't desire lack, but why do we speak them? And so all this is is going back, and this is renewing my mind to the Word of God, and then speaking it. Now, I want us to highlight on verse 35, just for a minute, and then we're going to go somewhere with it. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth good things. An evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. I'm kicking around the other day in my Bible, and one of the translations on this, when it talks about evil things, an evil report, it took me to the book of Numbers chapter 13. Now I want you to go with me to the book of Numbers chapter 13, because when we think of evil treasures or evil reports, this is going to shock you, I believe. This will be a wake-up call to us, on how God viewed evil reports. It's not what you think. And so here, let me set up where we're going. We're going to Numbers 13, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Numbers 13. The Israelites have just come out of Egypt. And they're on their way to, to live in the promised land. But going to the promised land doesn't come by coincidence or the a, a lucky draw. The going to the promised land consisted of faith that you got to believe God. This is what happens here. God gave them a promise, but you know what? They still had to believe it. Now start here in Numbers 13, and let's read the first two verses to get going. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy or scout out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers you shall send a man, every one a leader among them. Now, right there in verse two, you gotta focus on what God said. What did God say? I'm giving you a giving to the children of Israel this land. Now, if you'll note there, there was not any ifs or buts in there, okay? He didn't say, You're gonna get the land if. You know, we used to say this as a kid. If ifs and buts were candy and nuts, what a Merry Christmas we'd have. And when God said that right here, he did not highlight any ifs and buts. God just said it. This is the land I'm giving to the children of Israel. So what they do is they send out the 12 spies just like he told them to do. And for time's sake, look with me starting in verse 25. Numbers 13, 25. So they returned from spying or scouting out the land after 40 days. Now they departed, and they came back to Moses and Aaron, all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. And they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told them and said, We went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. And so what goes on here, guys, is they back up what God said. Man, it's a land that flows with milk and honey. It is a land of blessings. Now, I want you to highlight three words right here. At the end of verse number 26, it says, they brought back word to them. In verse 27, it says, they told them and they said to them. So when they tell them it's a land that that flows with milk and honey, When we start saying things or wording things, the words that we say, they start creating pictures on the inside of us. Let me give you a little illustration of that. Let's just say right now I say vanilla ice cream. Kind of random, because every one of our minds, we begin to picture vanilla ice cream. What if I say chocolate ice cream on a cone? See, we begin to picture that. I can literally see it just with those words. What if I said a triple scoop chocolate, strawberry, and vanilla on a cone? Chocolate, strawberry, and vanilla. So every one of us, when I say those words, you see chocolate, you see vanilla, and you see strawberry. See, we begin to get a picture of the words right there. So when they come back and they start off saying, it is a land that flows with milk and honey. These guys are realizing that the land that flows with milk and honey means it's going to take care of all our needs, everything we'll ever need. So you can imagine, they're getting this picture on the inside. The power of words. Verse 28. Nevertheless, you know one translation says instead of nevertheless, it says but. Not good. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land... They are strong, and the cities are fortified, fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Now, the descendants of Anak, they were the most dreaded people or the inhabitants of Canaan. So when they start talking about this, all of a sudden, their thoughts go from the land of th- flowing with milk and honey to these cities. And I will guarantee you know what they begin to picture? The giant. They said, oh no, the giants, the giants, the giants. And so when he says, nevertheless here, it revealed their lack of faith. How did it reveal their lack of faith? It totally contradicts what God said in verse 2. Remember when God said in verse 2, I'm going to give you this land right here. He never did say, but there's going to be some giants. He didn't say that. So they go ahead and they decide to start saying those words here. But spiritual advances for every one of us requires faith. So it comes down to this. I'm either going to believe the Word of God, or I'm going to believe what the giants and the mountains are doing. One of the two. There is no neutral ground in this. So you got 12 spies that go. Ten of the 12 spies, they voiced what they saw, what they heard, and what they felt. And what they voiced overrode what God said. And ultimately, it dictated their lives. It's the same for you and me. And so the evil report here right now, it was that it was contrary to what the Word of God says. Anytime that I I, I say something out of my mouth that's contrary to what the Word of God said, you've just spoken an evil report. I have? Yeah. Have you ever done it, Pastor? Numerous, numerous, still having to get a hold of my tongue in these areas. Because a lot of times when we have difficulty comes against us, we like to voice it. Man, when it's, when it's going through tough times in life or hard, you know what we want to tell everybody? They'll say, how are you? And say, man, it's bad, It's bad. I don't know how we're going to make it. See, we get over and we've, re- we've programmed ourselves to negative instead of the word of God. So keep reading with me. Skip verse 29 because it just mentions all the ites. Verse 30, then Caleb, he quieted the people before Moses and he said, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to go overcome it. And the word able there means the capacity to prevail or to succeed. So here's what he does. Faith wasn't blind. Guys, Caleb saw everything they said, but instead of voicing the things that they said, he starts voicing what God says he can do. And God's word makes promises, and when I start agreeing with the the promises, guys, it changes everything. So you know what Caleb does here? This is a nugget for you. He confronts the negative report. He confronts it. See, it's important in my life, and it isn't an arrogance. It isn't being religious and acting like you're super Christian. But when there comes a bad report, you need to confront it. Don't get in agreement with that. When people say, man, it's going to be the hardest year of our lives. Man, the, the, the unemployment is soaring. The GPA, the natural products, environments, and all that other stuff, it's bad. And you say, I, I know it. We're all going to be out of work before long. See, that's what happens there. And so that's why, I mean, we've got to confront it. How do we confront it? With the Word of God. Verse 31. But, oh no, oh no, here's the but. Those nevertheless and the buts, you know what they are? They are faith killers. They are faith killers. And you know what? When you start saying but and nevertheless and well, except, guess what? You've elevated those things over the Word of God. Eliminate those things out of your vocabulary, okay? And get away from saying but because it's like an excuse. And you know what? We're slapping God. Well, Father God, I know what you said, but. Have you ever done that? Yeah, about 20 times today. But the men who had gone up with him said, they voiced it, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. So you know what they do? They voice fear instead of faith. And they start looking at their abilities instead of what God's word says. It's the same for me and you. I'm either going to voice faith in what God said, or I'm going to voice fear. Verse 32, and they gave the children of Israel a bad report, an evil report, a negative report. So what is an evil report when I contradict what God's Word says? When I speak fear instead of faith? This really rocked me when I read this, because I thought, you know, a lot of times when we think about an evil report, we think of murder or something crazy like that. But an evil report is the smallest thing in God's eyes, is the words that I speak out of my mouth. So it says, so they gave the Israel an evil report or a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people we have saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, and they came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, so we were in their sight also. You know what unbelief sees? It just sees the giants. You know what faith sees? It keeps its its eyes on the Word of God. And every one of us in here have at one time or another spoken evil or bad reports, whether that was to ourselves, whether that was to somebody else, or whether that was even to Father God. It's not working. Father God, do you hear me? And so every one of us, guys, we can get into this pattern where we speak it out of our mouth, but the key is here, as long as I keep looking at the circumstances, they'll be giants. They're huge. I mean, some of us in right now are in great predicaments right now. But if I'll quit looking at the things of the world through the world's eyes and through the negative eyes and start looking at them in God's eyes, I won't have the grasshopper mentality. Man, I can just get a hold of this Word of God. And so what is the key tonight? Man, we got to speak the Word. we got to speak the Word, speak the Word, speak the Word. So if you're just like me, and I know you are because we're humans, And we speak a lot of times before we think. So, golly, studying on this, this has been bombarding to me. And there's days I want to crawl in a foxhole and say, Oh my gosh, Lord. So what am I saying? I'm saying, Father God, help me. Help me to guard the words that are coming out of my mouth. Help me to speak life and not death. Help me to speak the things of God Over my circumstances. Help me to speak your word over my children. And and when you start speaking over your children, you can't be moved by what you see. Because when you start getting moved by what you see, you contradict the word. You say, Father God, it's not working. Well, how do you know? We don't know what God's doing. And even in my marriage, speak the word of God over your marriage. I'm only in this list tonight. And I'm going to tattletale on myself. Man, in the early years of marriage, I was a pretty sorry husband. I was just real selfish. And so for the first probably three or four years of my marriage, Shelley would begin to speak this over me. And I'd hear her speak it over me. It ticked me off, though. She would say this, I thank you, Father God that Stormy is a man of God. I thank you, he loves serving you. I thank you. He treasures the things of heaven. Now, when she first started speaking to that, you know how much of that was true? I don't know if I can even open my fingers. But you know what she kept doing? She kept speaking the word of God over me. He's a good husband. He's a good daddy. You know what that is? We'll get into that probably next week. That's Romans four, that before, Romans four seventeen. That's calling those things that be not as though they were. So she began to speak the word of God over me. She began to say about me what God says. And see that works in every arena of my life. And so I got to get a hold of this—the power of my tongue. Speak the word. Speak the word. Speak the word. Let it filter you. Get in the shower tomorrow morning and start speaking the word. I thank you today, Father God. You're blessing my day. I'm the head, not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I thank you, Father God, that your favor surrounds me like a shield. I thank you today. You bless me, Father. You're righteous. I thank you that you've blessed me indeed. You've enlarged my territory. Your hands are upon me. You keep me from evil and I cause no pain. And so what you do, just start speaking the words. I thank you today, Lord. You haven't given me a spirit of fear, but of love, power, the soundness of mind. I thank you today, Father God, through you I can do all things. Because greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. And so I begin to speak those things. And guess what? Your spirit, man, on the inside. You know how pipe ate spinach? Eat the word of God. And they'll say, Dear Lord, look at the biceps on that rascal spiritually. It's a man of faith. It's a man of faith. Stand up before the nursery workers sacrifice me tonight. Thank you for listening to the podcast. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com.